You're listening to Guinea Pig and Green. I'm Laura. And I'm Stephanie. And we like talking about health, wellness, and eco-friendliness in a fun and approachable way. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about the importance of sleep and sleep hygiene, whatever that is. Let's <laughs> <laughs> do it. sleep today. Yeah, Steph uses this fancy term called sleep hygiene, and I am my doctor told me that pretty it. unsure that I don't know what that is. You're pretty unsure that you don't know what it is? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, you know what I'm saying. I, I, okay. You don't know. Just admit it. I don't know what sleep okay. hygiene is. Sleep hygiene, in my understanding, is the ways... Things that you can do to make sure that you get a better night's sleep, like a more peaceful night's sleep. Okay, I'm so into that. A deeper night's sleep. Yeah, I'm into it too. We have sleep, like Laura and I are very similar in how we think about sleeping, which is that we think about sleeping like a lot. (laughs) (laughs) We love to sleep. I think also that sleeping is such a non-negotiable for us. Yeah, for us it really is. Like I have plenty of close friends who can get um, six hours of sleep. Yeah. But if anyone tried to say that to me, I would get really, really angry at them. I get really irritated when people think that it's okay to not let me get my eight hours of sleep. Yeah. It's really, really crucial. Yeah. But people's people's bodies are all different, but I read this statistic the other day about how there are very, very few people who can actually only sleep, like, four hours a night or whatever. There are a lot of people who, like, think they can get by it's five just, hours a night, but it's not they sus- actually can't. It's not sustainable. No, I mean, because most people, it's, like, they crash on the weekends then. Right. And yeah. Then, yeah. So, which means that, that means that it's not that um, it's actually working for you. It means it's actually not working for you. Because yeah. people who can actually only sleep five hours a night, they don't crash on the weekends. They yeah. can actually, that's all they need. If you're crashing, you've got you've to change something. Yeah. So, for us, we just love sleep. That's why we decided to make a whole episode about sleep. We could talk about sleep for a long time. It's so important. It, like, really sets... A good night's sleep means that you'll have a good next day. Isn't it true, though? You can quote me on that. <laughs> That's a tradable. Um, <laughs> a good day begins the night before. Okay. I think I read that somewhere, actually. That's okay. So, you're not the only one who thinks that. All right. I didn't, like, intentionally steal it from anyone. Um, so she says, they all say that. But it is really important. It's so important. It consolidates your memories. It consolidates your knowledge. Actually, a really good way of studying is to take a short nap after you learn something. I've heard that. I've heard that. I've done that. I've heard that reviewing something right before you go to sleep is really um, good. I did that all the time. Yeah. Um, Um, I've also heard it's really, it like helps you maintain your weight. Yeah. Um, If you don't sleep. Your body thinks it's in, like, starvation mode or, like, survival mode. So, you know, that thing about how if you starve yourself, your body, uh, if you don't eat enough, your body thinks it's starving and will immediately, yeah, it'll immediately conserve everything as fat. Well, so I think it's similar for, for sleep. If you don't get enough sleep, your body thinks that you're, like, preparing for someone to come along and eat you, so. So you may a little fatten yourself up. No, but I think it's that. <laughs> It's preparing for survival mode, yeah. so it's like preparing uh-huh. to try and stay alive. Don't call me on this. Yeah. 
<laughs> but anyway, I think suffice to say, effective to convince anyone that sleep is very, very important. I think everybody knows that it's very important, but then when it actually comes down to it, so many people think that cramming for an exam the night before or, I don't know, staying out partying, just some, between everything that people want to get done during the day, mm-hmm. sleep just gets pushed to the wayside. Yeah. Um, but it's so important. It's really important. I honestly find that I have a more productive, I'm more productive with my time and can get more done in less time if I've had a good night's sleep. I mean, it's obvious. Yeah. Yeah. But a lot of people think, oh, I need to stay up till four in the morning to get this done. I mean, I think often that comes if, anyway, there's different situations that cause that, but I think sleep should always be a non-negotiable, as you said. Okay. So what are some sleep hygiene tips that you... Okay. (laughs) So the, the common ones are to cut back on your caffeine intake, cut back on your alcohol intake. We realize that's not, like, always totally possible for young people, but um, especially near bedtime. Yeah. Um, Caffeine as well. Um, Even if you have – like, I'd say reserve caffeine for the mornings if you can. If you have caffeine at night, even if you can – Oh, I don't even want to talk about it. Even if you can fall asleep, your sleep isn't as restful. Okay, the other day Um, I was – it was the night, the last night that I was in Montreal, mm-hmm. and we went out for pie, which was really lovely, but I had a tea, and while I was ordering it, I kind of was like, oh, maybe I should order a decaf tea, because, and then I was like, no, I'm going to order regular tea, and guess what? I couldn't sleep the yeah. entire night, and I had to drive home the next day from Montreal to Toronto, so just be careful with that. Like, know your body. Some people can... Drink caffeine up until 3 p.m. They're going to bed mm-hmm. at like 11, and others like me cannot. So mm-hmm. even tea to me. Yeah. So just like be aware of how much caffeine you can. I've had situations yeah. where I had caffeine late at night to get something done, and have been able to fall asleep, but then have woken up at like 6 a.m. the next morning yeah. with like my heart pounding. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure that I'm dying. Yeah. And it's just like it's not a comfortable feeling for me. But well, even like, if yeah. Know thyself. You know, some people can handle it and some people can't, but ultimately, mm-hmm. cut back. Um, I think another one is to try and keep as much um, diffuse light sources out of your room as possible. So mm-hmm. by that I mean alarm clocks that have glowing faces or power bars that are flickering or um, nightlights. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you have a nightlight... <laughs> Turn that off. Um, Or, like, leaving lights on in the other room kind of thing. I think the goal is to get your room as cave-like as possible. (laughs) Go back to basics. Yeah. Um, Yeah, because that actually has an effect on your circadian Mm -hmm. rhythms and whatever. Also, even though it seems kind of um, like the opposite of what I just said, it's good to have some light source that in the morning is going to let light in. Because that's a signal for your body to wake up, and it will be easier for you to wake up in the morning. You've all probably all experienced this on a day where it's like overcast and it's been snowing, and the light outside is really really dim. Um, I always find that on days like that, I have a much harder time waking up, and I sleep in so much longer. That's so interesting. I've never mm-hmm. thought about it like because it's the light. I've thought about it like because it's miserable. I really <laughs> don't want to go to it. Well, there's yes, yeah, so that's fine. That's yeah. really cool. Um, so like if you can, trying to have uh, light, light curtains that maybe 
let a lot of light in, but at night, um, sort of block yeah. out any like street lights or whatever, what, what have you, um, because that will make it easier to wake up. I've heard a big one is also staying away from things like computer screens or TV yeah. screens or even our cell phone screens yeah. right before sleep because mm-hmm. it stimulates your brain and makes it a lot harder for your brain to yeah. rest. Well, it's actually on with the thing that I was saying mm-hmm. about light because it's, yeah. your body is processing I'm, it as light. That's like the one thing I'm so guilty of. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people, like a lot of 20-somethings, a lot of people of our generation, we have our phones right beside our bed mm-hmm. and while we're drifting off, it vibrates a little, and you're just, it's like the last thing I look at before I go to bed. It's horrible. I mean, mine too. I think one thing you could do is try, would be to try and minimize the stimulation as much as possible. So turning off your ringer, turning off your vibrate function um, before you go to bed. That doesn't mean that you can't mm-hmm. still look at the screen, but a lot of screens now you can dim them really easily um, because even dimming it is better than nothing. Um mm-hmm. Anything that you can do to try and minimize the stimulation, I think, yeah. is a good idea. I, I do. But I don't think it's yeah. realistic to say don't look at any electronic thing. Like, in this day and age, yeah. we're on the no, whole time. Is, especially if you're doing your homework, you're on your computer. That is very hard. I do, so. try, to, I do try to get in some meditation between yeah. looking at my electronics and going to bed. Mm-hmm. And that way it does let my brain calm down um, yeah. before uh, we talk more, de- more in depth about meditation in our uh, stress episode yeah which I think is episode seven yeah I think uh, meditation is a great thing also making decisions such as like not checking uh, email for example before bed because often you'll get emails that maybe start you thinking about what you're going to need to do to reply to them and it sort of starts your brain thinking about tasks Mm -hmm. that it has to do instead of relaxing yeah so in that same vein I often find that if I am stressing about a particular thing and I'm like, oh, I should address this right now, either I do address it, I've actually been known to write emails in bed with the lights off because I can't sleep and just be like, oh, this person's going to see I sent it at midnight and deal with that (laughs) Um, just so that I can get it off my mind. Or you can just write yourself a note to write it tomorrow. Actually, yeah, that's one of the tips I use all the time is I have a a post-it note stack beside my Mm -hmm. bed and a pen. Just so that if I come up with something that I've completely forgotten to do, mm-hmm. where you wake up mm-hmm. in the, like, to it, two in the morning, and you're yeah. like, oh dang, I forgot yeah. to do that. Yeah. Um, you can just write it down instead of getting out of bed right away. Right. Um, and I feel that writing things down and being able to put them out of your mind. Yeah, exactly. Just creates so much more room for relaxation. It takes it off your mind and it gives yourself the you're allowed to wind down after that. So that's a really, really good tip too. I've gone to, um, because I, I studied marketing in school and I've got, gone to like meetings with group, with my groups for marketing projects before where I just have a few post-it notes where I've scribbled down ideas <laughs> that I've written in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. And sometimes like a bunch of the ideas are repeated because like, <laughs> like within one night I've wrote down the same idea several times. I mean, um, it's a great idea for creativity but, too. I yeah. often, you often think of things that night. I've taken to re- like recording voice memos. I'll be like, that's so oh, I have a really good idea <laughs> for a story. I just was like, anyway, that's yeah. so funny and obnoxious. Why is it obnoxious? I don't know. I think it just reminds me of like a caricature of, of a writer. Yeah. Well, anyway, you are a, a writer. It's a good idea to just be able to have some place to write yeah. down um, ideas in the middle of the night. <laughs> I definitely think so. Um, I think one other great tip is if you can't sleep, if people have insomnia, 
This is like a really counterintuitive tip because often when we can't sleep, we start worrying about how little sleep we're going to get and then we're really stressed because we have a busy day coming up and we're like, oh no, I can't get out of bed because I really need to sleep because if I don't sleep, blah, blah, blah. One thing that my doctor told me when I um, told her that I was having a few problems sleeping like a couple of years ago, she said, never forget how much you can actually accomplish on a very little sleep. Because even if you feel awful, and even though you may be more productive if you've had a good night's sleep, don't let it stress you out too much because you're still going to be able to be functioning even if you don't get a good night's sleep. So that's a good way to, like, help yourself relax, too, is to just be like, it's okay if I can't sleep that much. I'll still be fine. Like, I'll get everything done. Um, And also to get out of bed. They say if you can't sleep after about 15 to 25 minutes, then to get out of bed and do something very unstimulating, like read a book, no exercise, maybe stretching. Stretching is a really good thing. Yeah. Um, no exercise, no computer screen, maybe just like reading a book or like drinking some decaf tea, like yeah. a warm beverage or something. Um, because it's not productive to stay in bed because then your bed becomes associated in your brain with wakefulness instead of sleeping. Mm-hmm. That's why you should also not do any other activities in your bed yeah. Besides, I've, I've heard that. Sex. I've heard that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You shouldn't do um, like homework or watch movies or whatever. Are you doing sex in your bed? <laughs> Sorry, mom. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> um, so there's that. But you like you mentioned stretching, and um, while I do think like stretching is very good. If, you just can't sleep and that's something you do sometimes mm-hmm. like I get really restless legs at night restless leg syndrome it's a thing look it up okay um, I, swear <laughs> I will to, I swear to god we'll link to this in the show notes guys you don't need to we have uh, a video of Laura having restless legs syndrome. it's actually it's Take actually it. it's actually miserable at oh. it's terrible actually I think I heard about this one. yeah um but stretching is also really important because Sometimes if you're tossing and turning, it's just your body trying to get comfortable. Mm-hmm. So being able to find a way to relax your muscles before getting into bed, like some gentle stretching. Yeah, it's a great tip. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. is, is really going to help you fall asleep more quickly. Yeah, especially if you're tense from the day. Um, and then the last thing I think I would say would be to try and always wake up at the same time every day. Um, it's sometimes hard to like put a sleep schedule into place especially if, you know, you have to get a lot of things done in a particular day. But to wake up always at the same time really ensures that you're going to get the sleep that you need because maybe one day you won't. Maybe the first day you will be really, really tired all day and you will feel groggy and horrible. But the next night I can pretty much assure you that you're going to fall into bed a few hours earlier than you might have otherwise. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's a good way to. Yeah. But I, I'm sure I'm sure that people have actually experienced that. I mean, if you've ever fallen on a schedule, like say you're mm-hmm. working nine to five, you'll realize that after a while, after a while, you're gonna start waking up maybe a minute before your alarm clock, right? Uh, two minutes before your alarm yeah. clock. And it's just your body that's got it's gotten used yeah. to waking up at that time. But they say it's good to have that. I mean, yeah. I've never been successful with this because my schedule during the school year is always very yeah. variable. So um, I might try and employ it now that I'm free. But even on the weekends, they say it's better to wake up always at the same time, which is hard. Um, you mentioned before we started recording that you were going to 
that you like to use? Oh, yeah. So my mom swears by this app. I like it, too. Um, I mainly like it just for its alarm function. It's really great alarm. It's called the Sleep Cycle app. It's free. Um, I know it's free for iPhone. I think it's probably on Android, too. Um, and maybe BlackBerry. I don't know. Um, but basically, it operates on the accelerometer in your phone. So if your phone can, like, tell that it's moving. So I think that's Android and iPhone, at least. Um, so what, what you do is you like set the time that you want to wake up at, um, and then it automatically calculates a half hour range. So if I say I want to work at eight, wake up at 8.30, then it says, okay, we're going to try and wake you up between 8 a.m. and 8.30 a.m. And then you start it and it goes in your bed face down. And basically the whole night it can tell when you're moving. So you can do a test to make sure it's working before you use it. But then, um, and it basically operates under the principle because in rapid eye movement sleep, you're in full body paralysis. So um, if you're not moving, it knows you're in REM sleep and it can sort of extrapolate what stage of sleep you're in. And then in the morning, the half hour period is designed to start waking you up at a random time based on where you are in your sleep uh, mm -hmm. uh, cycle. So, so does that contradict what we just said about waking up at the same time? Um, I think within a half hour is fine. Okay. Like if you're going to wake up always at the same time, but it's within, yeah. you know, sometimes we wake up at 8.10 and sometimes we wake up at 8.20. Mm -hmm. I think that's, I think that's fine. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not a sleep scientist, so I don't know if that's the same thing, but I think it is. But, um, I tend to be very tired and just, um, snooze it even mm -hmm. though you're not supposed to, because the point is that it wakes you up at a point in your sleep schedule when your brain is the most alert. Yeah. So then when you do wake up, you feel alert. You don't feel as groggy because yeah. in rapid eye movement sleep, there's more oxygen to your brain and it's like you're less, you're like more alert. Yeah. Um, even though your body is mm -hmm. totally. I've totally heard snoozing alert. is actually like really bad because you'll wake, you'll like be more groggy throughout the day, even if you've had that five extra minutes of sleep. Yeah. But we're all guilty of it. Makes it makes sense. We're all guilty Especially of it. using the science of this. And then also what's great about this is that it can show you over time, like it can show you how your sleep was that night in terms of like how much you got up and how much you didn't. And then over time you can see what your sleep quality was. Yeah. That's really Kinda neat. Cool. Yeah. Um, for those of you listening, Steph's just showing me the app right now. And there's like a cool... I can a put cool... a screenshot in the yeah. show notes, but it basically tells you how much, how good your sleep was. And it's based on how long your sleep was and how restful it was. So that means how long you stayed in deep sleep stages. Yeah. Um, so it's really cool. Um, that is very cool. Yeah. So you might want to check that out if you're interested. I think there's this sleep cycle app and then there's other similar ones that do kind of the yeah. same thing. So neat. Yeah. So... Now I'm tired. <laughs> yeah. That's it. I'm um, going to bed. Don't neglect your sleep, guys. It's really important. Yeah. Make it a priority. Try and relax as much as possible before you go to sleep. Stress and sleep go hand in hand. And hopefully some of these sleep hygiene tips. <laughs> Whatever that is. Are able to come in handy. All right. Sweet dreams. <laughs>